0: This is episode 182 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 182 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Jake Novis on the show and Jake is a relatively young real estate investor who is pretty aggressive. He's got about 35 units in his portfolio and he quit his job a few years back to go full time in real estate and I have the utmost respect for anybody who does that because there's a lot of uncertainties in that game and you got to have a heck of a lot of confidence which uh, Jake definitely seems to have. And uh, it was interesting talking to him about the intricacies of starting a property management business, which he did, uh, how to make that profitable, some of the uh, pitfalls of being in that type of a business. Uh, We also talked about the various different partnerships he has, how he structured a VTB on a couple of properties that he did in Alliston, and uh, how he's making those numbers work, as well as his new endeavor into uh, being a full-time realtor in addition to a real estate investor. So Jake's a guy who uh, he's not making any excuses. He's pushing hard towards his goals. I think a lot of people can get a lot of inspiration out of that. A quick reminder, if you're new to the podcast, going all the way back to episode one is highly recommended. We've had so many great guests on and uh, you can glean their wisdom and uh, apply it in your own investing endeavors. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell just to help us get out to more people. And if you're listening on audio, of course, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts would be very helpful. So thank you for that. And without further ado, let's jump into episode 182 with Jake Novis. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Jake Novis on the show. Jake, I have seen your posts and Instagram stories for years, but uh, never actually talked. So here we are.
1: Thanks for having me. Big fan of the show and uh, grateful to be here. So look forward to it.
0: Yeah, awesome. So I know you're busy in real estate. Obviously, I see the uh, the Airbnb posts, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know what all you're up to. You just told me off camera you're a realtor, which I didn't know. And uh, But tell me the story.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So realtor is a newer position, but um, my real estate journey started about 10 years ago when I just started uh, being interested in the space, focused on education and learning. At the time, I was a student, so not really in a position to buy, couldn't qualify or anything like that. I did have some savings at the time, so I started by just being a silent partner in a family's venture uh, in multi-family space. So I was involved with that, shadowing for a few more years and just educating myself and learning. Um, in 2016, I was prepared and ready to dive in, so I partnered with some individuals on a Sixplex in Hamilton to get started. Um, over the next few years, we bought two more buildings and although we had a, a value-add strategy, we just kind of had it operating in the background. I was working full-time and um, we kind of realized that things weren't really growing as quickly as we had hoped. So in 2020 at the start, I quit my job and started a property management company to dive in and manage those properties full speed. Um,
0: mainly your properties or mainly my
1: properties as well as some others for clients. So um, uh, just a bit of a, yeah, quick start. Took on around 40 to 50 units. I think when I, when I started initially, um, a mix of my own and some, some close partners not taking on outside clients because I mainly wanted to focus my full time on my properties. So I spent the next year doing everything in the business, cutting grass, doing renovations, leasing, um, everything to build that management business, as well as improve the properties we already had while holding off any new purchases, just to really make sure those were acting and stabilize how we wanted them to be. Um, in 2021, I dove in a bit further with my girlfriend who wanted to join the business. We purchased a, a duplex and a fourplex in Lindsay, um, we had to get creative to, to purchase those since we didn't really qualify for financing, but um, focused most of 2021 on those. And then in 2022, I decided that we wanted to try to grow the business long term and have active income to supplement our investments. So that's when I decided to get my realtor license, joined the Catano Loeffler team, and I'm going to be focusing on helping others buy and sell and invest um, while continuing to grow our portfolio for the next uh, next few years. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you just joined the team. This is your start to uh, to real estate then? Right now
1: is uh, the Loft Routine. Yeah,
0: or have you already been with another broker?
1: Nope, I just got my license about a week ago. So very fresh. <laughs> oh, okay, fresh. you're fresh. Yeah, very fresh. Um, yeah. I, I, I really enjoy that side of the business. Everything I was doing at the time when I was managing, I, I did close on some private deals that I handled. So I, I really excelled in that side of things. Um, opposed to just the day-to-day management stuff. So really wanted to dive into that side of things more. So yeah, just got my license and gonna focus on that as a bit of my strength. Yeah,
0: tell me about about the property management company. Well, first, before we even do that, like what were you doing before? Uh, like what was your job before you started the management business?
1: Yeah, I was in engineering before, so I worked at a robotics company for uh, about three years um, before I officially quit. So, uh yeah, five years of long schooling, only worked for a few years and then and then quit and started the management business. Was it,
0: were you like a PNG or uh,
1: I didn't get my PNG, just the, the field I was in, I didn't really need it for the work I was doing. It was mostly software, so um I didn't really bother. But okay. it was it was the path I was going to get my PNG and, and yeah. live a life of an engineer and then uh, I right, right. decided to make the make the pivot and yeah, and just uh and just quit. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's crazy people to go to these professional schools and then eventually just realize, hey, you know what, I didn't actually need that to do what I'm gonna do and uh, do it anyway
1: yeah it was uh it was a tough decision for sure um but I mean it was a good time to do it I don't have a lot of obligations and I'm still fairly young and uh it kind of hurt to to go through five years of school and then you know three more years of working and then just to leave the field entirely because it's hard to go back into if things didn't work out but um I mean it was a commitment I wanted to make and yeah worked out
0: they say that but i feel like nowadays like everybody's starving for employees like they they you know the work the jobs are there it's it's finding the workers that seems to be the problem like if you've got a work ethic i feel like you can get a job anytime
1: definitely i yeah i'm confident i could go back if i wanted to i i feel like the field i was in software it changes pretty quickly um so it's harder harder to dive back in but um so i definitely could have and i always had my old job lined up if i wanted to go back so i had that safety buffer but um Yeah, it was a commitment I wanted to make to to get into real estate full-time. It's always something that I envisioned doing, um, so it made sense. When
0: when you say real estate full-time, you mean just being real estate adjacent, if it's property management, investing, just being in the space.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I always wanted to invest full-time, but I didn't really know what that would look like in terms of building an active income. So whether it be the management business or a realtor or whatever it was, I I knew I wanted to be in it long-term eventually. Um, So I just needed to find something that was a good fit to, to stay in.
0: Yeah, I thought about it uh, the same way. So early on, it was like, okay, well, I don't want to do anything else. I want to just, you know, renovate properties and, you know, make really cool rentals. How do I turn that into active income? And um, eventually started the company to sell them, but it, it's so much better to keep them. So it's interesting. I thought about property management. I thought about realtor. I had a back, you know, background as a mortgage agent, um, which uh, these are all helpful things to be in, right? You learn so much about Definitely. deals. I'm sure as a manager, you found off-market deals like you found people selling stuff that you wanted to buy.
1: Definitely yeah, as as working property management, the main benefit was learning, I guess, the ropes of real estate, like boots on the ground. Um but I did find other deals and more importantly, I just had the time freedom to to go out and look at properties. So on a 9 to 5, I I could only look at properties on the evenings and weekends whereas running the management business um, yeah, I could go around any time of day and set my own hours to go look at those deals. And so it was a lot easier to find. And that's essentially what led us to finding the two properties in 2021 that we were able to close on, um, because I had that flexibility.
0: And like, I never hear people talk about management businesses. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> it's not sexy. No, nope. nobody's talking about starting management businesses, but I, I always wondered, could it be sexy? And, you know, some of these managers out there are charging, you know, pretty good pr- premiums, pretty good fees when you looked at that as an opportunity what did you foresee as being possible like i'm sure you had maybe some notions that that could be your active income obviously you quit your job
1: yeah it was when i quit my job it was the main plan long term to grow that business as the active income source eventually but when i when i got into the business especially if you're working on value-add projects where there's a lot of rougher buildings or rougher tenants it's a lot of work and time commitment to to really stabilize those and improve those properties And the fees and the management, uh, aren't really worth it in my opinion. Like it's a low profit, low margin business, I think. And unless you're managing high end luxury properties, you know, with high fees and low maintenance, um, it can be hard to really sustain that. And it's a tough job. I mean, you have tenants yelling at you all the time. You have to deal with issues every day. So, um, I'm, I'm keeping the management business going and I'm bringing somebody on to help run that for our properties. But, um, it's not in my opinion, unless you're charging really high fees and you're, your customers are aware of that and are willing to pay that. Um, it's a tough business to grow and it's, uh, in my opinion, I was more suited to the realtor uh, aspect of things and it was a higher value for myself and our business.
0: Yeah, like what would you need to charge in property management in your mind to make it worthwhile? I think to, to run a
1: high quality business that you know could get referrals and, and continue going, it's at least 10% in terms of serving all the notices, a booking appointments if you're scheduling contractors you're probably taking a fee for that so yeah, at, at least 10 percent. i know a lot do lower but then you get hit with charges on the side that you maybe weren't aware of or your properties just aren't being kept up to date like annual fire inspections um scheduling the maintenance all the things that you should be checking regularly if you want to do it well at least 10 percent, um, and then it goes up from there so
0: did you have help in the business like like an administrative
1: no not not at first it was just me um i i spent three or four months in my old job, building up the business. So getting everything in place before I quit. So I was ready to dive in myself. More recently, my girlfriend, Lauren has joined me in the business full time. So she's helping with a lot of that stuff and is taking that on while I switch gears into the realtor business. Um, so she's handling all that stuff now and, and helping me grow that.
0: Okay. So yeah, I think the biggest thing, like, like you're pointing out, it's it's a heavy administrative job. And the hardest part I'd have with it is it, it's one thing to have administrative help, but it's another thing to give over access to your bank accounts, give checks, you know, all that stuff. That, that's that's the hard part. And that's the part that in my like daily, you know, business, I don't like doing. I don't like paying people. I don't like yep. cashing checks. I, I just feel like a glorified financial controller when I'm doing it. Definitely. But it's a needed thing. Like, you know, it's part of a business that you need to do.
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I thought of that when I was initially thinking about handing things off. So I started building up the systems with just you know, password sheets and secure logins and separating everything into SOPs that somebody could take over and I could be comfortable with. And I still do like the monthly reconciliation myself. So I see all the expenses so I can keep You're it on. Okay, yeah. but, um, but at the end of the day, I, I knew I would have to hand that off eventually. So luckily for me, my partner wanted to join. So Lauren's doing all that. And it's somebody I'm comfortable with handling that for now. And now she's getting the experience of going through all that and seeing maybe what I was missing or where some weak points could be so that she can improve on that and then one day hand that off to somebody as well so it's definitely a scary thing to hand off the bank accounts and yeah some you know some major uh, responsibilities
0: um yeah i'm wondering if it could just be streamlined like once a week you do all payments or something like that or on the first or second of the month you do like all receipts or something like that where you have somebody else that organizes everything and gives you a list pay the following <laughs> it
1: definitely could be and i mean we don't work that out right now in that way yeah. but actually just think about that I mean, so we use Buildium to track all of our expenses and income and expenses. So You don't use could, QuickBooks at all? No, sir. We do, uh, for the properties day-to-day, we use Buildium. And then once a month, we reconcile on QuickBooks. Um, but, you know, it's easy to add all the bills into billium Buildium. So at the end of the day, you could log in and pay all those bills. One thing I like to do just for preference of our business is I, I like to pay all of our contractors, especially the smaller ones, same day just to get the highest service. Because over the past two years, it's been incredibly difficult to find a work or to find workers and to find good help so i like to keep them happy so um but it could definitely be a weekly thing that you could you could get yeah
0: in. yeah i switched to that like because i think paying within the week is still fast definitely in yeah. contractor standards right a lot of yeah. people want to go the 30 days although that's getting harder to do but especially on new construction like 30 days is expected some people go 90 yeah um but yeah with these smaller contractors it's yeah, yeah difference between them showing up and not showing up a lot of the time and uh i have like People who like they just won't show up until I pay their last bill, even though it's only been two days. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really? Is that, how, is that where we're at? Obviously, you know, I'm good for it.
1: Yeah. And they're de- it's definitely fine to pay even by the week. But I find, you know, especially with some some of the important contractors like electrical or plumbers. I like to have them, you know, ready on the phone uh, if I need if something comes up, and that that's something that takes a lot of the stress out of the management business if you have those reliable yeah. trades ready to go. So uh, it's definitely good to keep them happy. But
0: yeah, you yeah. gotta you gotta keep them happy, like whatever it uh, whatever it takes to do that. So yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree. So I mean, the reason I ask all this is because I I feel like there's got to be a way like to, to automate property management to a degree because I see on the other side of it when I've gotten my properties working well. They're actually extremely low management. And then that's where you can really start to enjoy that if you're getting, well, if you're doing 10%, you're getting, you know, say a $3,000 duplex uh, like rent. Like, well, actually, they'd be even like $3,500 uh, top and bottom, right, together? Yeah, yeah, roughly. Um, so that's $350 a month. Are you? Would you be doing leasing fees on top of that?
1: Yeah. So leasing fees, I typically would add on top because it's, I mean, I, I do a lot of work in leasing in terms of vetting tenants and making sure I get top rent, top dollar in, in the best tenants. So um, it's a service that I would add on top, usually about a half month's rent though. Um, so it's not quite as substantial. Um, but yeah, I think I would add that on top. And then it it could definitely be a business that could be profitable and well worth running. But just the way I found is the amount of help I would need, it kind of just, pays for the help or pays for the workers to do that and then also the administrative fees that go along with it so if you scaled and grew it um i guess the profits for the amount of work to scale yeah the time spent building that business out would be much better yeah put into something that's a higher value which i
0: think is why not not a lot of real estate investors are doing it
1: yeah definitely and it's it's why i think it's hard to find good property management as well because it's an easy job to get into in terms of you can just start like there's no licensing required in ontario but um so anybody can really get into it but it's hard to it's it, I guess somebody really wants to put in the time to grow it to be large.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think like you said everybody needs a good property manager. So it's this this opportunity that's also no one wants to do it. So I'm like there's got to be a way. Yeah, there has to
1: be a way, but um yeah. the the thing that I found was when I looked at everybody who was successful in growing a multifamily portfolio, which is where I kind of want to be long term. They all had their own in-house management. So I really saw that and I thought, why is that? And it's because of the, I guess, efficiencies that you can have in it, as well as I guess it's not really worth growing for other clients as much as it is just having them there for you when you need them. So um, we're just going to keep in-house. And
0: yeah, I think it's go, a big control thing, right? As a real estate investor, you want to have control. Of, you want to know your tenants, like have access to them and, and all that stuff. So that's why I think a lot of people bring it in-house mm-hmm. um, and you get better selection of tenants because, you know, you're going to look out for the best tenants, whereas not necessarily your property management would definitely. Like, What are their motivations? You know, you're going to deal with them. I guess the property manager knows they're going to deal with them, too. Uh, but but they might be more inclined to just get somebody in at a lower amount because it doesn't affect them nearly as much as it affects you.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's probably the biggest reason that I I wanted to start the management business myself and have control is because when we first started, I mentioned our, our buildings weren't really growing as quickly as I wanted to. And I didn't find out until I took over that the initial manager we had in there was putting bad tenants in at a discount to get them out of their properties. So it was really just hurting our business. But when you're the investor
0: you're not there every day yeah. you don't
1: really see that you don't really know what's going on so it's for me it was to keep that control and uh i think it's really important to know exactly what's what's going on in your properties what's going on in your yeah.
0: properties yeah I, and i've shared this story like when i like you know cut ties with my old property manager like i didn't even have my my tenants contacts like i had nothing right right that's a very vul- vulnerable place to be and they were doing everything's good until it's not right yeah. so you can you can you can do things that way, but then that could blow up in your face. And that sort of blew up in my face a little bit. I recovered. But yeah, uh, yeah. It kinda, it's a lesson learned, though. Yeah. It gave me it gave me like one more incentive to, OK, I want to take more control of my business. Yeah,
1: And there are plenty of investors who, you know, have always outsourced management and it goes it goes very great. well yeah. and
0: it's great. But um,
1: yeah, it's just another risk and
0: uh, yeah, control is. There's there's things you can do right there's a there's a nice balance where you can have your finger on the pulse and say hey you're my manager but I'm going to need the following I'm going to need copies of these you know keys whatever
1: yeah I think just reviewing more regularly like I wasn't reviewing statements in depth each month when I had the management so you know large expenses were going through that maybe shouldn't have been or things like that so still just keeping an eye on things and at the very minimal at the very minimum just learning the business anyways like learning how to lease or what should be involved in management so you, you know what to check for.
0: I feel like it's an invaluable experience. Like what you've done is going to like shape the way you invest for the rest of your investing career.
1: 100%. I thought I knew everything about investing going into it, and then I realized I knew nothing compared to uh, being on the ground and doing everything, dealing with the tenants, doing the maintenance, um, everything, re- learning how to run the business, uh, I guess, personally.
0: Yeah. yeah. be cool if there was a survey program where you could go work for a broker for a while, work for a realtor for a while, Work for a property manager for a while. That would be like fantastic, would, and a contractor for yeah. a while. You'd know it all. You'd like, be the best yeah. investor there is. Yeah, yeah. and an appraiser. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> just, just about it's everything. It's like a five a five stop yeah. uh, survey program. Man, you'd you'd have it down.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, okay, so very interesting that you, that you did that. I know another guy who has a property management company. I think he's still doing it, and it's uh, there. There obviously is a way to make it work, but I hear you. Like you, you look at your time spent. And say, is there not a better way that I could just focus this time on finding properties? What you've done. And now that's going to yield far more or should yield far more in the long run.
1: Yeah, when I looked at the time, I would have to commit to say, I think when I looked at growing the management business, I wanted to get, say, to 80 additional units to afford to bring on another employee that would be scalable. And then I looked at the time required to get to that point. And if I just spent that time looking or building my own portfolio, it could be much more valuable. So Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, unless you already have uh, like the whole people and systems built out, it's already there. Like, yeah, which maybe you're getting to that point now with the management company. Do you want? It, are you planning on just continuing it as it is, or are you planning on like winding it down?
1: Um, I'm just going to continue it as it is uh, to to manage mine and my partner's portfolios. Won't take on clients, but um, just going to keep it running and uh, just uh to- to cover what we need, so
0: basically, self management, self management, yeah, 100%. And do you, you don't have any other clients right now, just your partners?
1: Um, I just just family and friends that have properties that needed help, so I manage theirs as well. Um, but that's about it, yeah.
0: okay. All right, so what about the prospect of Airbnb management? Because I know you're doing Airbnbs yep. that I know a lot of people are charging 25% for, which is much more attractive overall. It is,
1: yeah, so Airbnb management is much more involved. And so I think that fee is totally fair. Um, I like we operate our own managed Airbnb, so I'm not taking like a big fee for that just cause it's our own property. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm not doing that for others. It's something that we considered, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's really a hospitality business and it takes a lot of time to do it right. And, um, I mean, in terms of growing that side of things, it's not something I would be doing. Um, we just, again, manage those for ourselves. Um, but you spend a lot of time setting up the Airbnb business ahead of time that it would be as hands off as possible. So systemize everything, automatic check in and things like that. So it's honestly not too much for us to take on. Um, but if you're doing larger vacation properties, um, yeah, the fees would be quite a bit higher for that because there's a lot more involved to be there every day. And
0: do you just yeah. have the one? The one Airbnb?
1: Uh we have one operating right now and we're adding two more um, should be wrapping up this week. So we're taking those over as well.
0: Yeah. You're taking them over. We're not
1: taking those over, but we're just getting those going as well. Yeah.
0: So these are purchased properties that you own that you're you're just running. It's, yeah. So the one is uh,
1: just I'm partnered with my girlfriend Lauren, and the other good. one is with her and my brother Chris as well.
0: So okay. So what do you, what do you what does your portfolio look like right now? Like what do you what do you got going on? Um,
1: around thirty five units or so. So the few buildings in Hamilton that we started with initially. Um, I did buy a condo in Waterloo when I as soon as I started my job, minimum percent down, five uh, percent down, and lived in that for a little while. And then my partner, Lauren, and I purchased the duplex and fourplex in Lindsay. Um, that was in 2021 when we were a little uncertain of where things were going. Yeah. But a lot of things you talked about in the podcast honestly helped a lot, like purchase for the, uh, the cost of building, buy in a rural area, um, all those things, like buy with extra land. So we had a couple of great opportunities that came up out there. So we purchased those two. And then along with my brother, Chris, we purchased a fiveplex in Fenland Falls that we're going to convert a couple of units to Airbnb as well. Fenland um, Falls. It's just north of Lindsay. So
0: it's a, oh, it's a okay. cottage town. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at Lindsay because that's quite a ways away.
1: Yeah, so all of 2021, we were essentially driving there on weekends to renovate that one ourselves, and it's a long drive. I
0: can, yeah, I can a long way. so do you take the 407? or Every time, yeah. 407. I'm
1: originally from Lindsay, so I know the area well, and so I was always going back there anyways, but um, yeah, we drive back there on weekends uh, to work on those places.
0: Wow. Okay. So now you've got, is that managed outside of your portfolio or? No,
1: we handle those as well. Since I'm from the area, we have a lot of good contacts. It's pretty easy to manage. It's kind of one of the reasons we were comfortable going that far. I probably wouldn't have gone that far any other direction, but, um, knowing the area, well, having a lot of contacts there, it made it easy to manage those. And so we still manage those. And my brother has some stuff in Peterborough. I manage those for him as well. So, um,
0: Yeah. Wow, okay, and you're Cambridge, you said?
1: Yeah, currently in Cambridge, yeah. Yeah,
0: so that is, let's see, right now, two hours and 17 minutes to get over there.
1: Yeah, last weekend, it was about four hours, but we take the 407 usually, and... uh
0: Oh, and man, like, yeah, I like, can't handle that drive on the, on the east side of Toronto, which I know... uh <laughs> quentin de when he comes over here he complains he's like yeah i'm not driving over there yeah <laughs> i don't we, blame him I'm like driving from like oshawa area over this way
1: yeah i've become used to it but uh,
0: again yeah we take the 407 quite a bit
1: to make yeah, it worth it yeah. rack
0: up a nice bill on that i'm sure
1: definitely but uh it's worth it so those long weeks when we were working you know every weekend in Lindsay, it's uh it makes it easier
0: okay so you got you know 35 units spread out over you know a lot of different areas so you said you had some stuff in hamilton as well yes hamilton as well
1: yeah okay and then yeah, uh, i saw
0: you i saw you posting stories about a, it was like row houses Is that the one you were telling me? uh
1: so there's uh two buildings just no just two buildings in hamilton a six and a nine unit um so just simple apartment buildings okay apartment purpose buildings. Built. you
0: put air conditioning on them i think you were sure yeah
1: on all of them yeah yep yeah. and then um we do have a sixplex in cambridge as well where i'm actually just living in one of the units and then i have my condo in waterloo as well so um i'm mostly in those areas working those units in the Hamilton properties, we had, I think, 10 or so, 10 or more units turn over in the past couple of years when I was taking them on. So I was there every day. So mostly focusing on Hamilton the past couple of years.
0: Okay. Now you're changing gears, obviously, uh, being a realtor now. And um, what's the angle? Like, What's the approach? I know you're, you're on Mark's team. Mark's been on the show, Mark Loeffler, for anyone wondering. I've uh, been on the show many times. Um, so tell me about what the plan is, of what, what you're going to be focused on specializing in.
1: Yeah. So the reason I got my license and going that route is for one, we just really wanted to build an active income in the business in a way that served what we were trying to build long-term. So we looked at a lot of tools like growing the management business, or like you said, becoming a mortgage broker or even just flips. And the one that I found out I could be the best at that also served our business was getting my license. So Mm -hmm. when I looked at all the highly successful investors that have, you know, a large investment portfolio, uh, I reached out to them and asked what they recommended, and the the most effective tool to help build active income and supplement your business was uh, becoming a realtor. So, because um, so you always can, have the
0: option of buying a deal, right? You exactly. See deal, you know what? This one actually makes sense for me. But your your job is looking at deals, pretty much. Yeah. So you're customers. looking
1: at you're looking at deals that help your clients and help you, um, and you just have access to a network to every everything that's really involved with growing a large multifamily portfolio, which is where I, my long term goal is. Um, while in the short term bringing in some more income. So I looked at things like flipping, for example, but I found that you know even if I have a successful flip, it doesn't really push a long-term buy and hold, I guess, strategy. So uh, becoming a realtor was the best next step. And then, yeah, the Catano Loftler team is obviously one of the best. And so really wanted to get involved with them. They have a ton of investments and, and grow and learn from them as well.
0: Okay. And is that an arrangement where they'll be... Because I know Mark gets so many deals he can't even handle uh coming to him through his show. Definitely. Like will yeah. you be working on stuff that comes in? It's know, it's a bit
1: department. of a mix. Um for now I'm just gonna be working on my own projects and strategies, uh, just to get familiar with the space. And then um as I grow, I'm sure that it will kind of uh lean that way as well. But um for now just being involved with the team. So learning from experience and just being involved with the office and you know seeing how they how they handle deals, what they do, what their process is to help me, I guess, serve my clients better. And then um I'll be working with my own clients at the start and then hopefully, I guess, transition to that as well. Okay.
0: Now I was going to ask you something and it's slipping my mind right now. Um, oh yeah. Commercial, I guess you, would you consider yourself kind of like going in the angle of being a commercial realtor?
1: Yeah. In the sense of, I mean, multi-residential commercial, like six
0: plus 10 units, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. That's where I really want to grow my business too. Um, we took on the smaller deals in 2021, the two and the four unit, because we were able to get into those without partners, but long-term I want to grow into those larger deals. Um, I won't be really focusing on commercial in terms of you know, storefronts and retail space just right, because yeah. that's a totally different expertise. So for now, I'm going to focus on anybody who wants to buy and sell, obviously, but then also uh, the, the investment space like six and up.
0: But you're not going to be doing uh, people selling their homes or is that... Uh, that no, we that will as well. I mean, so yeah. that the reason I joined the team
1: is they have a mix of residential and investment focused agents in the team with experience from all over. So either myself or somebody from the team will be able to handle the residential stuff and then uh, as well as the
0: investment. Cool. So you were like, will Cambridge be your area or you'll be like kind of all over this place?
1: The team focuses on Hamilton, Burlington, Oakville. So I'll be focusing on that as well. Um, That being said, I mean, familiar with obviously a wide range of markets and uh, the team kind of goes anywhere. So we'll cover everything. Uh, Obviously, used to driving far for deals. So um, we'll handle everything, but going to focus on this area for a little while and then move to this area as well.
0: Okay. So obviously you've got an entrepreneurial edge a little bit of spirit does it make you nervous at all like when you quit your job I mean most people don't have have the balls to do that does it make you nervous at all you know how did you feel or why did you feel like that was okay to do it was hard it
1: was definitely really hard Um, I just felt like I saw I looked ahead at the path I was on if I stayed in that field and where I would go and I would be you know working full-time in that field it's tough to stay in that field and it's hard to manage the properties on the side. So I just kind of thought about where I really want to be in five, 10 years and what I had to do to get there. And it was definitely, it feels like a step back when I quit my job and the next couple of years were much harder, but long-term it's where I want to be. And so I think it was worth it. It's definitely, it's definitely a risk. Um, I spent, you know, the past couple of years really living frugally and just, you know, it's good say cutting back on a right. lot of things <laughs> and and sacrificing a lot, like, you know, uh, Lauren and I were always thinking of purchasing a house soon, but we kind of just put that on a hold to work on this business, and then um, that was a, that became the priority. So taking the step back and quitting my job was definitely worth it, but it's it's tough. And I I feel like that is has happened a few times where I you know I started the management business and then realized okay I don't really want to grow that, so now I've essentially quit that again to become a realtor and focus on that side of the business. So it's just you know, kind of identifying what's the important next step to get to where I want to be and then, and then diving in. And even though it's a step back at the time, uh, I think long-term it pays off and definitely, yeah, sure. in, uh, cutting back on expenses and, uh, living, living under our means is uh, helped do that.
0: Are you like fully house hacked where you are?
1: Um, I'm in one of our, one of the units that we own. It's a sixplex. So I'm living in one of those. I've fully renovated it myself. So essentially a house hack, although I do have partners, so I still pay full rent, but, um, It's just an easy way to to keep an eye on things. So, um, yeah, so there's no conflict there. But I still do all the work on that one. We fully renovated it. It's a three-story townhouse. So quite a bit of work there that we've done. And um, just being, you know, on-site as well uh, has helped a lot. So a bit of a house hack, but, you know, a bit
0: different. Yeah, it's a little different if it's yours. Uh, You can kind of work out those numbers so you're paying nothing, which I don't know how many people are still doing that now. I know it is still happening, but how common is it? And, And maybe how you have to adjust how you live.
1: Yeah. I, and we, we debated moving to try to house hack another duplex as well. But just in the current market, we didn't really found, find that it made a lot of sense. And instead of house hacking, I mean, if I can just rent and put my money into something that's going to be more valuable and a higher ROI, then it, it makes sense to do that. So not necessarily house hacking, but just uh, I guess yeah. doing whatever you can. So. Yeah.
0: I live frugally. And I remember watching your stories and kind of hearing you you know, say that. And, and I, I knew that was a, a little bit of the vibe. And if you're going to go out on your own and, and take that risk, I think a lot of people think that's what you have to do. You have yeah. to find a way to cut expenses. I think that's just a good life skill. Definitely. Talk yes. to my wife about this all the time. I'm yeah. Like, let's just always, if we don't need to spend, let's just not. Yeah. It's just a good habit.
1: Yeah. So like Lauren and I decided or debated moving as well, like last year and, uh, adding some other things and, you know, going on some trips, but we, yeah, we just cut back and we, we put all of our money into those Lindsay properties. And I mean, the equity growth was incredible. So it worked out really well. Obviously the, the cash flow month to months is 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 tough to hold um living like that, but and putting your money into projects like that. But long term, it's gonna help us get to where we wanna be.
0: Okay, so you said cash flow is hard hard there on those ones. Um, what do those projects look like? Look, what did you you wanna pick one of them and just show sure. you through the numbers how that Yeah, how that sure. Like? So
1: for example, the first project that Laura and I went in on was the duplex. Um we found the duplex and the fourplex from the same seller. It was uh, a seller who had you know, a ton of properties in the area. He was retiring. He's just kind of offloading some properties and we toured them uh, and obviously identified these were really good properties. He takes great care of them, but under market rents and needs a bit of work on the inside. But it's something that we decided that we didn't really want to bring in partners on. We just wanted to try to go about it ourselves and, and build our own portfolio. But obviously, without the cash, uh, it was difficult to do. So I have a condo in Waterloo. We essentially put a second mortgage on that to purchase the duplex. Um, but then when we are going through the closing process for that, we realized that we couldn't get financing. Well, we kind of knew ahead of time. But um, how it ended up working out is the seller, he didn't really want to sell all of his properties at once because of the capital gains, yeah. obviously. So we kind of told him, okay, well, you can sell you know, these two properties this year if you do a VTB. So we negotiated with him a VTB. He initially wanted to go to 60%. He was comfortable with us after having some conversations to go to 80 percent um so ltv on both properties to close in the same year um, and we really wanted to push those deals to close in the same year just because we kind of saw where the market was going and they were both great deals and we didn't want to lose out on them so um yeah we took some private money on my condo to purchase the duplex and then um as well as did some additional private money to close on the fourplex so highly leveraged at the start which was difficult for us um that's why we really cut back the expenses yeah. to expenses to hold those And then we focused the next year on renovating that duplex, one of the units in that, which is now an Airbnb. And so the additional cash now from that helps hold the other property, um, which is kind of helping us balance those two out. And, And now we're in a good position to just kind of hold those and let those ride. And then the fourplex, the reason we really liked it is it's on a double wide, double deep lot. And one of the things you always preach was, you know, buy extra land. So we're starting the process of looking at how can we either sever that to build or even just to sever to sell off because there's a, you know, the fourplex is just on one side and um, which is the reason we liked it. So, um, but yeah, highly leveraged to get into those, which is one of the reasons after we bought those, we kind of put the brakes on and, and did a lot of the work ourselves to just uh, to get those up to
0: speed. Yeah. To get them going. I mean, sometimes that's, that's what you need to do to get it moving Yeah, at least to be there on site every day um, so you can drive it forward. Um, what did you buy the duplex for?
1: Uh, so we purchased that at three seventy.
0: Okay. Yeah. And um, what kind of investment did you have from a construction renovation standpoint? Uh, so
1: total Reno and holding cost was around a hundred thousand. I think one hundred and ten it came to at the end of the day.
0: Okay. So you at, at for at about four eighty. Sorry. And for about four eighty. Yeah. Exactly. And what what kind of valuation did you get on it?
1: So that one appraised for seven fifty uh, in May of yeah just this past May. Okay. Um, yeah, so...
0: And you got 80%? Or you so that's more, the thing we can't with... Can't get the financing the, yet. Sorry? Can't get the financing yet.
1: Can't get the financing. Um, well, actually, we can get the financing through B lenders. But the, the thing with the seller is... So he was really against selling both those properties unless they were... Um, large VTB so that he could defer to the capital gains. So we yeah. had 80% VTBs on both of those. And after one year, this property had kind of stabilized. And we we really wanted to refinance at least one of them because uh, it's at a 6% interest only rate. Obviously, that's pretty high to hold. So we, we can, you know, we have uh, just kind of had a conversation like we'd like to pay out at least one of these. He was a little hesitant because he's going to get hit with the tax. So we said, okay, we'll give you an extra 10 grand to cover to split those costs with you. So we actually refinanced the fourplex the year after because um, its value had gone up as well. We did a bit of work there and um, just we chose that property instead because yeah. we could get more out of it because the value is higher. And then we kind of used that as a bit of a refinance to help things out. And for now, we're just going to hold the VTB on there. Um, we actually sort of refinanced his VTB. We asked him, we asked him to increase it to basically oh, get, yeah. get our initial cost back. And he did. Yeah, he saw that we put about 100 grand into it because we, yeah. we toured the property with him. And so he was comfortable with it. He gave us an extra hundred thousand, um, amended that mortgage, and that kind so of so still at six percent. Uh, still at six percent, and That's then awesome. um, yeah. So basically, you're just going to hold that for now because because uh, yeah. it makes sense and it can hold the other property. And it was a little. I mean, it's tough because we obviously could refinance at least his entire portion out at a lower rate. But at the moment, he has a lot of other properties in the area. We have a good relationship with him that we'd want to work with him on in the future. Oh, that's So awesome. we're just, you know, mutually holding that with him for now because uh, we've agreed to it, and just going to keep riding that one out.
0: The way things are going, six percent isn't really that much anyway. Yeah, at um, the at the time,
1: it was really uh, it, was, it was a hard pill to swallow because you know everybody's posting one and a half, two percent rates, and we are at six, but. Then it worked out. Like, now I
0: mean, mortgage rates are into the four. Yeah, so. B, B
1: lenders rates are going to go up to above that anyways, and it's interest only. So for the next few years, at least, um, yeah, it's you know it makes some money off the Airbnb, and it's uh it's in a good position.
0: So one unit's Airbnb, the other unit's rented regular. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What do you average uh, monthly rent across the year? Do you figure
1: the the long term tenant was well? She was initially at a thousand when we took over, but we we upgraded some stuff in her unit as well. Um, put in air conditioning, did some other things. I think she's up to 1250 now. And then the Airbnb, we average after paying cleaning and added utilities, things like that, around 2400
0: Whereas if you didn't do it as an Airbnb, you would make what?
1: I think probably around 1800 Um The rents in Lindsay are really hard to estimate because there's such a limited supply, but uh, so we could maybe push it. But I think that was kind of what we ballparked sure. into it.
0: Okay, so... so- on that one, what are your uh, annual taxes?
1: Taxes, uh, I want to say, are twenty five hundred, something around there. All right, not too bad. high,
0: but. And then insurance wise, uh, insurance twenty six hundred. And uh, okay, so maintenance.
1: Maintenance is very low because so we've got basically a new roof, new furnaces, new AC. It's it's it hasn't really been anything, but I mean whatever you
0: oh, We'll put in a reserve there, yeah, so yeah. I'll put five percent, which is twenty one hundred yeah. a year, which is not that much. No. Um, utilities wise, are you paying anything?
1: Um, we pay water and uh, the upstairs utilities, so I'd say about half the utilities. Um, okay, so if so water, it's like one hundred and fifty or two hundred a month, something like that. Yeah, with the Airbnb, it definitely varies. One seventy-five um, times, and then the gas and hydro for that unit as well. Twelve.
0: Oh, okay, so what do you figure annually um, you're into everything?
1: Gas maybe a hundred bucks a month. Hydro, I kind of say a hundred bucks a month for everything. Just yeah, a safe bet.
0: So another two hundred bucks. So, awesome. yeah. so you're about forty five hundred across the year for all utilities does that I, sound high yeah it definitely sounds high but so thirty five hundred, thirty five hundred maybe probably yeah more
1: or less yeah all I right. those yeah, prices, I, but, I, yeah i think
0: that's a reasonable ballpark um, okay so management you're self-managing yeah. so i'm just gonna leave like one percent in there for like your basic expenses yeah. and landscaping anything
1: um no actually the tenant that is the long-term tenant does the landscaping we do pay snow removal though so 400 bucks a year maybe something like that the small, oh, small driveway nice
0: okay and yeah but uh okay so i'll we'll put 500 for that and then just like a 500 hundred dollar miscellaneous and okay so your cap rate on that looks to be about 4.21 which on your six percent mortgage let's see how that looks probably still pretty good is that negative you have negative cash flow on that one now um
1: Close to even. I mean, I, I think my numbers were around two hundred. Is that the finance. one?
0: That's the one you refinanced. Like you did. Get no, it, that one. That one has a high increase interest. That up. So,
1: um, no, not that one. Or, oh, sorry, that one. He he did go up on the mortgage. Yeah,
0: yeah he, he went up it. to to six hundred thousand. Four hundred. Sorry, just four hundred. He went. Oh, he went up to four hundred thousand. Okay, so let's see here.
1: Yeah, we we decided to just keep that one low. Um, going into the current market, it was a little risky to be highly leveraged, so we're just keeping it at that for now.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to see. Oh, yeah here's what i was doing wrong okay yeah. so yeah it looks like you would have about 560 cash flow or around 500 something like that. yeah we, we
1: kind of estimate that um which works out well because so the other property um because we bought it with some private money it has actually about a negative a few hundred a month to hold that um so, so they kind of they of balance out yeah
0: yeah and this is one of the things i used to talk about back when because people would say Why well, you never buy you know negative cash flow you can never buy in toronto i'm like well first off big deal but um it's okay if you have another property that covers it, right? Then you're not paying for it out of pocket. Yeah. You know, another tenant is paying for your negative cash flow.
1: Yeah. And there's a couple things like there's that, which is can it carry it with another property, which, um, which is great. But then also, I mean, the value add in the other property. So there's a few units that are, you know, in total a couple thousand under market rent. So if we have a single turnover anytime soon, we're going to be above water again. And then with that double lot, we're really just, uh, I guess in the long-term play, it's worth oh, yeah. that for sure.
0: He actually, just released an episode. I don't know if you heard it, the Dan Illis yeah, one. I did. Yeah, yeah I it's a, well timed, right? Because yeah. it's the same the same idea, and he's just uh, you know he's got his checklist. Of, this is what you got to do. What you got to look for, and um, there is definitely a lot of money to be made in that.
1: Yeah, him as well as I think Ryan uh, Ryan Carr. Um, so yeah, so I really enjoyed that episode. Just really looking or uh, learning what to look for. So I mean, when we bought this, we saw you know the lot size was. Wide enough, I guess, to fit the severance. The square footage was deep enough so that we could fit it. So I checked all those boxes, which is a good starting point.
0: So your house is on this, like pushed to one side, yeah.
1: The fourplex is on just the front corner, so we can. And then Lindsay, you're allowed additional dwelling units, so you can probably get an additional unit in the back as well as sever and ideally, uh, one to three units on the other side with the additional dwelling unit, which is smaller, obviously. But, um yeah so i don't know much about the that process so i'm getting help uh getting a feasibility study done to see what can be done with everything because i i I don't want to go into that process and miss something that could have been done so who's doing your
0: feasibility um, study
1: a company in peterborough ecoview i believe so um so you
0: just asked them like the urban planners
1: yeah the urban planners yeah exactly so i had i had some conversations with um guys like Ryan, as well as some other um, architects to get an idea of what I should do. And they either said either, you know, spend the time to learn it well and do it yourself or get help because obviously my first time around, I want to focus on my realtor business and I don't really have the time and energy to put all my time to that That and I don't want to mess that up. So getting a professional yeah, yeah. opinion on on what can be done there and then whether we just sever and sell that off or or do something with that, we'll, we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, as long as you can get it done at a reasonable price, if you get an agreed upon, hey, this is what this is going to cost to know if it works. I mean, like people like Carmen, like she pays big money to assess a property. right? But I mean, the ones that win, win so big that it's all worthwhile in the end. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's a totally new space for me. That's why, yeah, you got a planner to help out pretty much figure out what can be done and what the cost will be. And then we'll make a decision from there.
0: So how wide is the lot?
1: I think it's 80 feet. Uh, roughly, and then one ninety deep. That's
0: that's a good yeah. That's a good lot. Yeah. So so hypothetically, it could be forty and forty.
1: Yeah, the, I think the minimum is high thirty. So yeah, the it could be. So
0: you're already conforming then for use. Yeah, yeah,
1: the only so the the width is conforming, the depth is conforming. Because it's so deep, the square footage for a building with an additional dwelling unit is conforming. The only issue right now is our parking is on the other side, so we'd have to get I think a variance of some sort to bring the parking to the backyard. On the existing lot, um, and you're not allowed to have parking in the backyard. I think I think we can, um, but I think it depends. So a lot of properties in the area have that. So I think they will use that as a case study. Um, I hope at least, and then uh, see what we can do.
0: I'd be interested in seeing how it works because smaller towns, my experience dealing with their municipalities, like their their government office, is they're a lot more uh, fly by the seat of their pants. Like they kind of they kind of make decisions. Yeah. Yes, it's in line roughly with with the higher up you know uh laws in ontario yeah but they sort of apply judgment a lot more than strict rules
1: yeah i i would believe that and i've I've only heard bad stories about dealing with this one and this municipality, this, this so, municipality? Yeah. so that's yeah, re- yeah. one of the reasons that i want to get professional help as well because i find that or i've heard that if you kind of go the wrong way with it you get shut down pretty easily so um,
0: you start to hear those stories and their reputations but um you know, like Welland, for instance, always heard that they were just open for business, ready to go, right. approving everything. And then St. Catharines, the opposite, like oh, just really right. hard to work yeah. with. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to be paying attention to that. But I also think that's an opportunity when others run from it. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. So the few people I reached out to said it's impossible or good luck or don't worry. So I said, OK, let's just yeah, try. It sounds to like see, an opportunity yeah, let's to just see, see what so. happens. Like if they say no, yeah. then, you know, we may have sunk a few thousand or five to ten, whatever it is into that and then it doesn't work out. But I mean, if they say yes, then it's going to pay off really well. So, um, and then if that goes well, the other properties that this seller has, I know have a lot of land as well. So it's definitely something that we'll use going forward as well in the area to, to continue on that path if it works out.
0: Yeah. yeah sounds like you've made a good contact Just keep paying them on time and he'll yeah. uh, hopefully give you more mortgages, sell you more properties.
1: That's the idea. Yeah. We just try and keep a good relationship and that's paid off in every aspect of business. But um, with this one in, in specifically, yeah.
0: Okay. So Jake, what are you excited about now? Like your next venture, the next property acquisition, like what's, what are you setting your targets on right now?
1: My biggest focus for the next, at least year or two is just in the realtor space. Um, Our properties are doing well and kind of, you know, we're in a good position to have Lauren kind of handle those in the management space. So she's going to take over the management business and I'm just going to dive, uh, dive into the realtor business. So um, helping others invest, helping everybody navigate the market, um, learning and growing from Mark's team. That's gonna be my my biggest mm-hmm. goal in the next year or two. And um try to grow that network and those connections uh in the realtor business to then also plan how we can grow in the multifamily space long term as well. Where I see I see us going.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what do you think about kind of the direction of the economy? How will you change your approach knowing that it looks like recession is well, I mean, I would say it's inevitable and undebatable at this point. Yeah. Um. So, how do you adjust? Do you see a point of adjusting? You know, where are you going to focus your energy as an investor, knowing knowing what's happening?
1: I've, we've considered kind of looking outside of Ontario, but just personally, like, we have a competitive advantage here just because I've I know it well now, and I want to stick to what we know well. So, I'll help clients all over Ontario, but I'm just going to stick to Ontario. Um, and and do what we can here. Obviously, yeah, it's going to be difficult with the with the economy, but I mean, with rents continuing to go up and less people in the investment space, I mean, I'm sure there will be opportunities. So being a realtor and being involved with the day-to-day, I think is going to be a huge advantage to serve me and clients to find those deals that still work and uh, continue to grow that. Because I, I think long-term, I mean, uh, it's, it's a great business yeah. to be in and uh, it's where I'm at now and yeah, where we want to keep going, so...
0: Yeah, I think for the interim, like a lot of people who would have bought uh may rent. You know, they may rent in, in anticipation that maybe the uh the values are gonna come down yeah. and then maybe they'll be able to buy later. So that's gonna drive rents up for a while anyway.
1: Definitely. At least the couple next couple of years. Like rents are already going up this month and continue to go up and every turnover, I mean, that's that helps our business and um it's just gonna keep the investment space strong. So I think uh obviously prices might go down a bit, but I always I, I take notes from like Quentin de Sousa, for example, who says every property he ever flipped or sold, he kind of regrets. So I'm just trying to hold everything long term. So, I mean, even if there's a dip for the next few years, I, I don't want to sell these properties and I want to keep growing Well, if they work so. and they
0: cash flow, then rock exactly, and roll. Yeah. When the mortgage renewals come up and it's like, you know, 4% in- interest rate increase that won't be that fun for a lot of people
1: no that's going to be a tough spot in there in a couple of years hopefully
0: but, you can com- combine that with a rent increase at the same time yeah if you, if you can
1: <laughs> turn those units over yeah and kind of seeing that coming is one of the reasons that i mean we've kind of put the brakes a little bit on purchasing for now and we're just i'm just going to focus on my realtor business to help buy and sell and help out clients because you know for example like our those properties were highly leveraged and we just want to kind of coast on those for a bit while i can grow that income and then if that happens in a few years and our renewals are up, uh, hopefully either I can support those or obviously the rents, the goal is the rents are up and uh, we'll support those as well, but just kind of yeah. playing
0: it safe on both sides. Time seems to to help with those things. And you know, I've done the exact same thing you're talking about doing. You take something that's not really a big cash flow play and you just wait, like you just work it. And then <laughs> yeah. when the turnover happens now, all of a sudden you're good. So
1: yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So Jake, uh, was there anything you wanted to touch on that we haven't talked about?
1: Um, I guess the biggest thing for me over the past couple of years that I've struggled with was kind of living a balanced life with all these different changes and work going on. Um, so one of the things that I've read uh, from like Gary Keller promotes is like living a counterbalanced life, which has helped me a lot where you might spend a month or a week, whatever it is, focusing on one specific goal and you really have to grind and just focus on that and shut some other things out. Yeah. But then when you're overworked or starting to feel burned out, take take a break and focus on whatever makes you happy yeah. or gives you energy like friends or hobbies or family. So living a balanced life hasn't really worked out well trying to always balance it all the time. So living that counterbalanced life and kind of going back and forth from what's important um has helped me a lot and you know spending a month working on a goal and then taking a week and you know coasting a bit and taking things easier. So that's helped me a lot and I think that's important if you're in this business cuz things change yeah. quite a bit and can be a little stressful so You kind of do a
0: little ebb and flow with it and if you if you don't feel like focusing on work you kind of divert attention somewhere else and then come back to it when you're refreshed
1: yeah exactly otherwise i mean uh you risk burnout and it can be tough at times so uh, it's something i'd like to avoid and i think it's important if you're going to be in this business long term at least yeah
0: Yeah, i agree with you and like for instance if if you need to sleep sleep yeah (laughs) and then come back when you're refreshed yeah yeah i definitely uh definitely can resonate with that so where do people reach you and find you
1: um instagram is probably the easiest jake h Novus or um i guess i'll include my email in the show notes as well and phone number and then um check out the katana loffler realty services website as well because i'll be working with that team now so you can check them out um if you're looking to buy sell or invest We're uh, we're happy to help
0: out yeah. okay cool yeah send me that the details and i will include them in the show notes and uh, we'll go from there will do thanks so much for having me Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.